1: Welcome to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hanson. We talk about Mormon polygamy here. And this is a part two of a two-part series asking the question, Why does no one listen to the victims of polygamy? But first, if you or anyone that you know is in polygamy and they want to escape safely, you can call a Shield Refuge ministry. Uh, their website is childrenrefuge.org. They have a toll-free number. Uh, it's 877 425 9993 all information is held in strict confidence and we can talk about uh, what we can do to help you escape if you would like to make comments about the show or if you would like to be a guest on our show if you have a story to tell we'd love to talk to you uh, you can email us at email at what this tv or you can call 385-240-2888 And for your calendar, I would like to uh, let you know that I've been invited to speak at the Main Street Church in Brigham City on Sunday, uh, September 25th, starting at 10 a.m. You can come. I'd love to meet you, new friends, old friends. Or you can watch live on the Internet. Just search Main Street Church uh, Brigham City and then follow the links. Of course, that's a little bit in the future, but for yeah, calendar...
0: Uh, and I might mention, I didn't think about this either uh, earlier, but uh, 2016, is this is the year 2016, in case someone's listening to oh, this. Oh, did I say
1: 2015? No, 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 you oh. said it, you just oh. said
0: April, or... Um, September, and, but, but I'm And just you're saying, going to be
1: speaking up there too. I am, the week before in September.
0: The week before, uh, the, the September week before and, in September. But it's in 2016, it's in, in case somebody's in 2018.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's that's right. Okay. Yeah, in case
0: they're listening so, to it a couple and, of years from now. And this is now. my co
1: host, Earl Erskine, in case you didn't know. Um, and thank you yeah. <laughs> again. And thanks for reminding me that that's a year, yeah, because these things are on the internet. They can be shown a yeah,
0: couple of a few years from years now. From now.
1: <laughs> Um, Again, this is part two, um, and I'll recap a little bit from last time. A rally was held at the Utah State Capitol before the 2016 Utah State Legislature adjourned for this year's session. The rally included pro-polygamists and anti-polygamists, and they were either expressing their support or non-support of a recriminalizing bill, uh, recriminalizing polygamy bill uh, before the session. By the way, they adjourned the session before addressing the bill, but they were up there expressing their support or non-support but every single news article that I saw about it except one uh, only covered the pro polygamous rally not the anti-polygamous and I wondered why I couldn't help but wonder why our politicians and our media don't give equal voice time for the polygamous victims and equal consideration when they bring polygamy up our complaint is that the pro polygamous are getting the limelight but the victims rarely receive equal or even valid coverage. And so we ask, why aren't they listening to the victims of polygamy? Last week, we began with some of the early victims of Joseph Smith's polygamy, and then we move forward to testimonies of contemporary victims of polygamy today. And this is part two. And we're going to begin with a book entitled Keep Sweet, which was written by Debbie Palmer. She survived being raised in the FLDS polygamy group in Canada. Now, on a show a long time ago, we quoted from her book where she writes about polygamy groups that intermarry with relatives. The family tree becomes terribly terribly convoluted and complicated, even to the extent that a person can eventually become their own aunt or their own uncle or their own grandpa. And we want to quote from the prologue of her book about that subject.
0: People are going to have to put this on pause and reread this is all I can say. (laughs) My father had six wives and I have 47 brothers and sisters. My oldest daughter is my aunt and I am her grandmother. When I was assigned to marry my first husband, I became my own step-grandmother since my father was already married to two daughters of my new husband. According to the eternal laws of the polygamous group I grew up with, I will be a step grandmother to many of my own brothers and sisters for time and all eternity. Several of my stepsons were assigned to marry my sisters, so I also became a sister in law to my own stepchildren. After my mother's father was assigned to marry one of my second husband's daughters as a second wife, I became my own great grandmother. This stepmother, this stepdaughter became my step-grandmother, and I her stepmother. So when I gave birth to two sons with her father, my own sons became my great-uncles, and I was their great-great-grandmother.
1: Okay, this sounds convoluted, but it's true. That's exactly what happens inside uh, polygamy groups when they marry relatives and they do. So many wives and so many children, they marry their own relatives and this really happens. So are these marriages really okay? Well, the polygamy groups obviously think they are because they are the ones that's doing it. But the unhealthy and abusive attitude of polygamy groups can be understood by another quote later on in the book.
0: On page 202. You girls need to get down on your knees and give thanks daily when you are married to an older man, especially when you're given men who have the stamp of approval by the prophet. These older men could take you by the hand and teach you the principle of the plurality of wives and take you to the highest degree of the celestial kingdom where you will be queens and priestesses.
1: Oh, that makes Boy. me shiver and shake. You know, it, it it really isn't unusual for polygamous parents to tell their daughters they'd be better off dead than to marry outside of polygamy. Mm. Why 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 do you watch unreal reality shows like Sister Wives and, and ignore true stories written by victims themselves, where the reality of polygamy is more honestly recorded? Males are also victims of polygamous societies. Brian Macker was born and raised in the FLDS polygamy group and he wrote a book entitled Illegitimate. He writes that it is normal in polygamy to give children and plural wives false last names because the only legal wife, only the legal wife can take the husband's last name. Brian remembers when he tried to join the Marine Corps and they asked for his birth certificate. We quote from page sixty seven, sixty eight.
0: As you might expect, I had to produce my birth certificate. Imagine my surprise at learning that when I was born, I was given the last name of Chapman, not Mackert. Instead of carrying my father's name, I bore the maiden name of my father's mother. In order to conceal my father's identity, my birth certificate said I was the son of Clyde Chapman, not Clyde Mackert. Well, <laughs> that's, that's what happened just so to me. Dishonest, it did it the really? The same thing
1: happened to me. They put down my father as being Richard Hansen. He doesn't exist. There's no such person as the the person that they named as my father. Uh, But they made up a name, just like with Brian Mackert and myself and all of the Kingston group. They make up a fictional character who is supposedly the father of uh, the children of his plural wives. In most polygamy groups, the male is also required to obey. or The male growing up, the young male growing up, is also required to obey and marry whomever they are told to marry by the leading male of the community. So Brian talks about how this works out in the FLDS.
0: One of the ways of driving a young man away was to tell him to marry a woman no one wanted. One sure way to test the loyalties of a young man was to match him with a girl who revolted him. If a man had the courage to refuse a daughter of the community, it meant going back to the end of the line. He would have to wait until all the other men were matched in marriage or disqualified before being considered again.
1: You know, we, we it is terrible, and we think often that, that most of the victimization is done by little girl to little girls yeah. or 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 females, but the males get a lot of it too in the polygamy group. In many cases, uh, they would just tell the young men of marriageable age that there just wasn't enough females to go around, and so to get a wife, he would have to go outside of the group. And Brian said that any woman outside of the group who would agree to accept polygamy had to have some serious emotional issues. We quote from page 128.
0: It would be easier to convert someone from the mainstream LDS by convincing her that the manifesto had just been a ruse to acquire statehood for Utah and was not spiritually binding. Even in the LDS world we were like lepers. They didn't associate with us any more than the mainstream US culture did. Mormons wished we weren't around to remind them of the polygamous roots of their faith It would have been much easier to convince a polygamous girl to run away than convert an LDS girl to our leper colony.
1: (laughs) And you know, growing up with that stigma is hard. Oh, and it's great. hard to deal with it and to shed it when you become an adult. Later, Brian tells of learning that his mother discovered their father had been molesting Brian's
0: sisters. Mm. Page 179. Brian, your father has done some very bad things that cannot be forgiven or made right. I never, I've never seen my mother look quite like this, and I was frightened. Mother took a long, agonizing breath before letting out the words, I'll never forget. Your father has been molesting your sisters. Molesting my sisters? My father was molesting my sisters. I didn't even know what questions to ask, but it was real. Instantly, some of the icky feelings I had known over the years made sense. I had been too young and naive to know what the signs meant, but looking back, I know I had seen some of them for myself.
1: You know, there's hundreds, even thousands of stories like this from abused victims, but then who is listening to the victims? Mm. Joanne Hanks joined the Harmston Polygamy Group in Manti, Utah, but later she left. She also wrote a book pictured on on the screen here. It's not about sex, confessions of an ex-Mormon. Ex polygamist and ex wife. She writes about how she and her husband were mainstream LDS and they were deluded to join the Manti polygamy group. James Harmston was the prophet leader. She and her husband both knew they would be required to practice polygamy. As they were preparing to receive a plural wife into their family, Joanne writes what happened.
0: By the time we bundled up the kids and moved to Manti, I was both resigned to and enthused about polygamy. Resigned to because, delusions aside, the decision to share your husband doesn't come easily. Enthused because, having discussed the matter at length, we experienced inner promptings assuring us that polygamy was not just God's will, but God's law. We believed that to attain the highest reward in the next life, we had to be polygamous in this one.
1: Well... We both know Good that, that yeah, <laughs> inner promptings do not uh, designate God's will for us. The only way we know God's will is through his word. And it's very clearly in the Bible that uh, polygamy is against God's word. He It is not his law. Joanne had convinced herself that polygamy was true. But she said she also conveniently overlooked the coercion part. The part about how the Lord will destroy those who don't cooperate. Unfortunately, I think the news media and the comp and the the politicians overlook the coercion part as well joanne talks about the multitude of wives a man should have in order to become great we quote from page 57
0: the more wives a man had the more power he held within the cult the race was on for every man to acquire as many wives as he could the result was an immediate shortage single women already a commodity in the tlc now became a rare commodity an available woman, any available woman, was not to be wasted.
1: Boy, isn't that a good way to look at, at the female part of society. No. Joanne recognized that polygamous cults attract the deluded, but they also attract child molesters and other predators. She talks about a young lady named Laura, who was one of James Harmston's many wives. Laura was a seamstress and she was also a schoolteacher of her son in the group-operated school. Well, Joanne knew something just wasn't quite right with Laura but she didn't know what it was and so she eventually just took her son out of Laura's class but it wasn't until a few years later she learned about Laura and why she was nervous and we quote
0: it wasn't until a few years later that I learned about her horrifying past she had belonged to an Ogden Utah cult led by infamous polygamist and convicted child molester Arvin Shreve Laura was part of his equally infamous sisters program. The sisters molested underage girls in the name of God, supposedly to prepare them for their future as wives in polygamy. When a brave victim escaped and reported them to the authorities, a police raid yielded 12 arrests, including Laura's.
1: And we talked about Arvind Shreed's groups a couple yeah. of uh, shows ago, but another woman uh, with the Manti polygamous had also been part of that group up in Ogden, and she was also charged with molesting a 13-year-old girl. She pleaded no contest to for- forcible sexual abuse, and we quote...
0: She was placed on probation, ordered into counseling, fined $740 and ordered to pay restitution. How you pay restitution for sexual abuse is a mystery to me, and she moved to Manti.
1: And that's a good question. How do you pay restitution for sexual abuse and from and, the molestation yep, that yep. takes place? After some very devastating experiences, even losing her husband's to the lusts of polygamy and leaving him behind, Joanne finally left the Harmston Group. And at the end of her book, this is what she wrote.
0: Cults are horrible things. They rob you of perspective. Worse, they make you afraid to trust your common sense. Whenever you find your emotions pulling you toward believing the opposite of what the evidence says... Overrule your emotions and trust the evidence there is no better way to spare yourself the pain of needless unfortunate decisions
1: I love that yeah. oh that, that and that's very good advice from someone who became the victim of polygamy to overrule your emotions and trust the evidence that's what counts not feelings but who's listening to the victims Carolyn Jessup she came from the FLDS polygamy group Born and Raised, and she wrote a book entitled Escape. She led a horrifying existence as one of Merrill Jessup's plural wives, especially as she tried to protect her own children. This is what she said about that.
0: Children were seen as property, and physical violence toward them was not only permissible, but a way of life. It was preached at church that if you didn't put the fear of God into children from the time of their birth— they would grow up and leave the work of God. Abuse is necessary to save a child's soul.
1: That gives them a good idea of God, doesn't it? And again it justifies
0: we talk what they're doing. Exactly, yeah. it
1: does. You know, we read of the crime and the vice and the cruelty the child brides and the inequality that takes place in polygamy, but then who's listening to the victims? And those who say that polygamy is only for adults or is only about consenting adults? The children are the ones who are suffering. We pray. Read again from page 269.
0: Merrill became abusive towards my children. He would send them away from the dinner table and say that they were not allowed to eat. The rest of the wise began targeting my children. They told my kids that since I was in rebellion to their father, they were not to obey anything I asked them to do or they would be punished. I had to sneak food into my own children. I tried to keep them as close to me as I could, but there were times when I couldn't protect them. The cruelty was escalating, and I had to find a way to make it stop.
1: Carolyn's book is an excellent book. Uh, I suggest to any who who want to, or Mm -hmm. are interested in it, to read her book. It's called Escape. Brent Jeffs was another victim raised in the FLDS. He wrote a book entitled Lost Boy, This Is My Story. Brent tells about Warren Jeffs, a so-called prophet of God and how he sexually molested him as a very young boy. This
0: is so sad.
1: It's horrible.
0: The first time he, I guess, uh, Warren Jeffs, knelt down so he could see my face, he said that God had chosen him to help me become a man and that what was about to happen was God's will for me. This is how a boy becomes a man, he stressed. This is God's work. His voice was calm, matter of fact, and patronizing, as if he was explaining explaining a key point of doctrine to a kindergartner in the simplest possible way. But then he got colder and sharper. You cannot tell anyone or say anything to anyone because this is between you and God. And if you do tell, you will burn in hell.
1: And this puts a heavy duty fear inside the child's mind. Then Warren Jeffs proceeded to rape this young five-year-old boy. Brent writes that he experienced so much pain that he thought he was going to die. He said, I was never the same after that. Brent said that he felt like he must have been a very bad person Mm -hmm. for something like this to happen to him. That he was being punished for something. He had been told that it was what God wanted, so he really must have done something terrible. Why would God want to do that to a good little boy? We again ask the question, why don't they listen to the voices and the stories of the victims of polygamy? These are powerful and meaningful testimonies against making polygamy legal. I, Go ahead. I was
0: just gonna say there have been so many books that you've you've shared with us over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And and they all tell the same thing. Uh-huh. Or many of the same. They, they
1: and they, yeah. There's, there's very little difference in them. Um, anyway, back on yeah, Brent, page sixty-nine, Brent, Brent, Brent continues.
0: Writes, I can see the behavior in so many people who are still in the FLDS. Although they seem robotic and placid on the surface, you can sense it somewhere hidden in them as a seething tangle of pain and rage. Like me, they have been traumatized, whether by life in the church or by abuse or both.
1: And we must never make the mistake thinking that because Warren Jeffs is in prison that these things don't happen anymore. Uh, and I might add that this is from the FLDS and Warren Jeffs, but this happens in all the polygamy groups. Last show we did that happened in the Allred group, we talked about a situation like that with a young girl, a little girl, not a a little boy. But uh, there's always a predator. There's always another pedophile. There's always another abuser waiting to pounce on the innocent and and the unaware in the polygamy groups. But why aren't the victim stories being listened to as well as the voices of the pro-polygamists? jenny jessup larson i would like to meet this lady someday Mm -hmm. she was raised in the flds she left years ago she wrote a book entitled from brainwashed to hogwash escaping and exposing polygamy now for those especially who think that uh polygamy is between consenting adults and that it should be okay as long as as they don't do the child bride thing and all of that uh, and as long as children aren't involved Please listen to what Jenny Jessup wrote about a meeting called to instruct families with children.
0: They will be allowed to dress in long-sleeved clothes and have dresses for the girls being several sizes too big to fit for a long time and therefore cut down on expenses of dressing them. The boys can have the privilege of helping in many community projects, such as pulling tumbleweeds, etc., tearing down the old buildings. They will get their reward in the hereafter. Remember, money is the root of all evil, so don't expect to be paid <laughs> <Yeah>. a virtue. <laughs> I've huh? heard that before. <laughs> if you're out of school, then as a girl, you're expected to get married to the person selected by God, I guess in the prophet, mm-hmm. and, me- and produce many spirits as God sees fit. Love will come later if you do not like who you... Your marriage partner is. God knows best. Don't ask questions. Children must be seen and not heard.
1: So, it's all right, (laughs) right? There you go. Polygamy's all right as long as you marry adults. But what the heck about the kids? She writes this, that adopted children can be married and sealed to a brother or a sister because they're not blood relatives. That way they can stay in the same family. (laughs) They even suggested that maybe a person can even be the sister-wife of her adoptive father. Just think, they said, now you can all work together in the Lord's work and build up his kingdom in heaven. And she finished with someone's comment about an arranged underage marriage. She said, oh yes, I did hear that so-and-so was nine years old when she married her dad. But you must understand he was only her stepfather. And isn't it neat that she... And her sister and mom all have the same husband. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: We ask, why isn't anyone listening to the victims, That's Carolyn? Scary. It is—it's awful, and they want to make all this legal.
0: Well, and then they promote the, like you're saying, the pro-polygamists would try to promote it as a, as a virtue, as something to be, to be desired.
1: This is Terrible. all God's will. Yeah. yeah. I would like to, I would, I would challenge all of our viewers to find in the Bible any instance of Mormon polygamy. You know, they use the Bible as their basis, but Mormon, the way Mormons live polygamy, or the way they did in Joseph Smith's day and the way they do today, no, you won't find no. any, any hint of it.
0: Not even in the Book of Mormon. Or the <laughs> well, Book of Mormon. Matter. Well, yeah. it
1: commands against polygamy, too. Yeah. And we read part of Carolyn Jessup's story in Escape and Mary Mackert's story and Susan Schmidt's story and Joanne Hanks and Jenny Jessup and Irene Spencer's and so many, many others. We covered 12 books yeah. in these two. Uh, and there's more. There's more than that. And these are victims who survived and told their stories, but people seem like they would rather be entertained by the sister wives' nonsense than hear the true stories of the victims of polygamy.
0: And there's probably many that have left that haven't written, but would oh, have yeah. similar stories if they did. Oh,
1: there's, there's many. Yeah. And there's many, many of them who we've invited to come on the show. They would like to tell their story, but they're scared to death to do it. They yeah. won't go public with probably their story. And that's certainly hundreds and hundreds of yeah. them, but they won't tell their story. It's very interesting.
0: Now, you, you experienced a time from the time you left, even be, before you came to Christ... That must have been a tough time, and do you think some of them go through that period of time? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Where they feel like they've betrayed their family, Mm -hmm. they've left God, God doesn't love them. Oh, I
1: left God behind, a lot of them do, that's true. And going to hell, every day I knew I was going to go to hell, because I didn't know anything different. I never replaced, when I left, I never replaced that lie uh, with anything else, so I thought it was still the truth. Yeah. And it took 25 years for me to discover the truth and then when I discovered the truth uh, that the Bible taught and the truth about who God really is and who Jesus really is compared to what I had been taught I real I was beautiful to be it was just absolutely mind bogglingly wonderful mm-hmm. that God was love and God was merciful and God was grace and he doesn't accept works and for salvation your shoulders huge burden off, shoulder huge burden off yeah. my shoulders it was it, it, and my healing actually my healing from the abuses in in my polygamy experience uh, was not really deeply healed until I accepted Jesus into my life and that and discovered the truth. Praise, it was, it praise was God. great. <laughs> um, and so um, I want to thank you for this. And again we would just challenge our um, our viewers to listen to the oh. victims. Um, rather than hear the pro-polygamists only listen to the victims um, because their stories are harrowing, and, and, and it is not just between adults. And um, the, the court the, uh, in Denver threw out the Sister Wives lawsuit, but now they're pl- planning on taking it to the Supreme Court, which they may very well do, but we still have that window of time to talk about the reality of abuses in polygamy. So thank you again. My You're pleasure,
0: Doris. Thank Thanks for much. having me.
1: You know, if polygamists truly wanted to please God, Instead of forcing polygamy on everyone, they would rush to help the helpless, they would give to the poverty-stricken, and they would lift up Jesus as Savior instead of polygamy as essential for salvation. The stories of the victims of polygamy all have one thing in common. Male members have victimized innocent members and they've all lied about God. Polygamy is not merely between consenting adults and the Bible is against polygamy. It teaches no church leader is to to have more than one wife but Joseph Smith and all the subsequent polygamous leaders since Joseph Smith have done what God said not to do while claiming that God commanded them to do it if people would check out what their leaders teach them about God and polygamy it would sure save them a whole lot of heartache thanks for watching our show
0: this has been the audio podcast edition of polygamy what love is this